0: Morning, it's a morning Tuesday, so we'll see how we go with keeping on subject. And it's also a bit of a um I was just talking to myself in the car, literally. Driving along talking to myself in the car and I thought, ah fuck it, I may as well record this. Um been thinking about a, a new business idea which I'm marinating on and um or is marinating in my head and I was just talking to myself about words and dictionaries and Um, and I'd really like to start a YouTube channel. I've been meaning to do it for a really long time now, and um, uh, I was thinking that my first video might be um, how to make your first YouTube video, and sort of realizing that so many of the things that I want to do I've been writing down in notebooks for years and years and and they don't, um, yeah, they're not impossible, they're really not impossible, so I've I've got this list of quotes, um, whatever you do or dream you can do, begin it, gee, uh, boldness has genius and magic in it, and that's a Goethe quote, and I got interested in in Goethe, Goethe quotes, he's a German um, philosopher, partly because of that amazing line that Francis McDormand has in Almost Famous, um, be bold and mighty forces will come to your aid," Goethe said that, and she's when she's on the phone to the boy in the band, played by Billy Crudup. Crudup, I don't know how to say his surname. Uh, that's, I think, that's an amazing moment in that film. Is uh, Frances McDormand every time she's on screen, basically, but particularly that that scene where she's um she's on the phone explaining how, What does he say? his Valhalla. It's just, it's just excellent, actually. Um, so I'm also thinking about doing a, a, a very short run of T-shirts, and I was just sort of talking to myself about the colours that I would like it to be, like um, black text on grey marl, black text uh, or maybe um, sort of royal, royalish blue on pale blue, and also white on navy. No white, because I don't wear white. I think white's really impractical. And then I went off on this little tangent about how I actually believe that our obsession with white and cleanliness and um, you know it's sort of like white sugar it's over processed it's disrespectful to the natural world and it's symptomatic of our obsession with cleanliness and our moral panic over our bodies and you know all of those paranoias that I just I don't subscribe to I would much rather embrace my body and all of its flaws and faults and you know I, I find myself thinking a lot about the body thing and the paranoia thing. I did this amazing class at university which I really enjoyed. It was about um, body and identity and it was about how we embody our identity and it was also... So it's, if, you, if you don't do courses like this it probably just sounds like pure intellectual masturbation but it's actually really, really, really interesting and once you've got that filter in place, when you look at the world, you see how it is implying certain things about how you should manage your body how you should be in the world how your identity is constructed through your management of your body and it's like it's really really interesting i loved it we did a lot of stuff about um you know the cultural pressure on women to shave their legs the um pressure to perform your gender according to certain prescribed ideals about gender because it all ties in with gender theory and i i i would love to um keep keep going with my um academic, intellectual pursuits and maybe look at gender and body and identity stuff down the track. Um, right now, I, I'm happy working. I like working. <laughs> Working's good. I'm a bit tired. Um, but I'm always tired. I'm tired because I'm anxious. I mean, the anxiety, I, I realised something really important about my anxiety not long ago. I probably should have worked it out a really, really long time ago. I, My my body suffers from this recurring intense fatigue, so there will come a time, my, we've often described it as a weak attack. So, like, when your body just finally goes, when my body just, it just it's like narcolepsy. You suddenly feel intensely tired and you, and you really just want to lie down. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, so you're having a weak attack. And, and that makes so much sense as a symptom of an anxiety disorder because you think of what anxiety does to the body, you know, what um, tensing up. So you tense up all of your muscles quite regularly, and then uh, um, you find that you've exhausted your muscles. It makes perfect sense that you would feel extremely tired if you regularly suffer from bouts of intense um, tension. Intense tension. Um, I got a book on my Kindle. I think it was one of those free books, and it's about... um, I I need to go back and look at it, the the exact thing, but it was about phrases, useful phrases, and they were so beautiful, and it recommended that you use this book as sort of um, as a study guide, and you should write them out, and I think this ties in really nicely with my calligraphy, so I might start writing out some of these, um, like abject humiliation would be one of the phrases, they're just words that go together, and they um, uh, utter delight, or Discreet. I don't know. I, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but there was lots of them, and I was thinking oh, this is great. This is this is this is bounty. You know, this is this is like pirates' treasure. All these words and how they go together, and it reminds me again of this uh, this extraordinary business that someone profiled in Vogue or something once, and it was these women who had started this company, and for thousands of dollars they would work with you for quite a while, and then they would give. They would your 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 purchase your result would be this descriptor and it was a two two word descriptor um of what you were what you were like and i think i've i've always remembered that business partly because it seems like it's cheeky genius really it's like it's it could be incredibly useful and defining, you know. Um, it could be that defining moment. What's that? Who's that um, TED Talk guy, the Sir Ken something or other? And he writes about something really similar, like the idea of finding your, your true calling, your, your inspiration point, I forget what he calls it. Um, briefly, before I go too far down the track of just rabbiting on about nonsense, I do want to talk to you about um, finishing the fall. So I watched, uh, that show was engrossing and um, I loved the music, I loved the music and in the third season I really 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 enjoyed the pacing and the editing and the, um, the cinematography, the, the way that we lingered for so long over the medical procedure. It was, felt, it, it was um, disconcerting how long and how detailed those medical scenes were. It was, um, and it really added to the humanising experience. It, it reduced everybody before we resolved the story. It reduced everybody back to a body, a physical body that needed to survive in order for the for the character to exist and for you know the law to be enacted. Like everything was not existing in a vacuum, and I thought that that was a really interesting stylistic choice. I really enjoyed it. So I finished the fall. I I, I think um. I came to it late, so by the time that I was um, settling in to watch it, it was all there. I actually think that was a really nice way of watching it. I can't, I can hardly imagine how excruciating it would have been to wait six months or 12 months, or whatever, for the next season. But massive bravo to Gillian Anderson for participating in um, getting that produced, signing up to it. I think she's exec producer as well. Um, and yeah, amazing, amazing work. Um, from her and all of the actors in it, uh, the, the, I should know more of their names. The, the Katie Benedetto. The casting was really amazing. The women who were cast were excellent. Um, I really loved um, the young lady who survived the uh, the attack. One who loved the Brawley. What was her name? Joseph Brawley's sister. I forget her name. Annie. Annie Brawley. She was very beautiful. Um, Rose Stag was. Um, Excellent. And it's not just that they are beautiful. They are beautiful to look at And the way that the camera lingers on their faces is very, sort of, gives you plenty of time to take in their, the beauty of their colouring and their, the way that they move. Um, the other casting choices, the, um, the police ombudsman lady who was uh, dealing with, with um, Gibson, the psychologist who went and interviewed Um, spectre in the hospital. Really, yeah, excellent. So there you go. I could probably talk about that for a long time, probably write a few essays about that. Um, But I, uh, oh, that's right. I also, um, I've been revisiting younger because actually after the fall, I was kind of exhausted and I realized that it was, it was occupying my, Uh, it was tinting my my life the rest of my life was being influenced by the sort of tone and uh yeah the the tone and the tension of um of of the fall and so i I started watching younger again and that's really a delightful show um i'm in season two i think um there's plenty of it there sitting there for me to watch and what i really love is that it's so bite-sized it's um you know you've it resolves, and then that joyous sort of house music, <laughs> which is still still one of the most hilarious production aspects of Younger. I really love that, love that choice. Debbie Mazar, it's just so fantastic to see her again. Um, I have a, a newfound appreciation for Hilary Duff, who I really didn't pay much attention to before. And uh, there was a great thing on Buzzfeed not long ago about how Hilary Duff is um, the queen of parking tickets, and there was all these. <laughs> All oh, this footage of her just getting parking ticket after parking ticket—not footage, like um, uh, images. I thought that was kind of funny because really you can't help what you look like. You can't help the the body that you are living in. Oh my god! Australian politics—the yes vote. When I just take a while to get onto this. Now, when the yes, uh, when the um, when the vote was being announced, uh, the results of the the postal plebiscite was being announced. Um, I went for a walk. I took my phone with me and I put Wendy Harmer's Radio National uh, Sydney ABC show on the stream through the ABC Listen app, which is excellent. I've been actually using it to listen to podcasts, which uh, is finally, you know, I make this, but I have not been a regular podcast listener, partly because um, it makes me feel jealous. (laughs) It's stupid, but I feel jealous that I'm not making more things and angry that my, I don't know. I don't know why I feel anyway, but anyway, I listened to the. I put the ABC um, Listen app on, and uh, I was uh, I was out in the sunshine, not far from my work, but out and free, and I needed to create a bit of space for myself to go through that moment because I was really nervous that it was going to be a no, that it was going to be a Brexit Trump poll failure, um, surprise no vote. I had been um, cautiously optimistic, but you know, it's painful and I really enjoyed the the coverage of Penny Wong's reaction there was a fantastic article in the Guardian about how Penny Wong's normally so uh, and I heard her on the radio leading up to it and, and regularly I hear her on the radio um, and uh, how her composure is her her public performance of her political persona wow, there's some alliteration her public performance of her political persona Penny uh, Her, she's, you know singularly composed and um, uh, in that way she's got quite a bit in common with Julie Bishop but she you know it was so personal for her the result of the vote being a you know in, in a lesbian relationship and having children in that relationship and having been an invested participant in the marriage equality debate from the beginning and to the coverage I thought of her was really beautiful, the the you know the Guardian and the Buzzfeed and the ABC coverage I don't know what mm-hmm. I really don't want to know what how this has been covered in the Herald Sun or the, the Australian I just I know that that, that leads to confirmation bias I, was, I found a fantastic article the other day about, or maybe it was a bit in my book about confirmation bias and the dangers of confirmation bias and um uh because i have been reading my six capitals book which is excellent um i've also got a copy uh we'll get to books for a minute um i've got a copy of, on the way of the bees by Layleen paul which i heard about on the radio i weakened and bought something else as well i can't think what it was oh i bought the shots boys um Ben Schott's uh, German book, which I don't like it. I think I might give it, I, I might re-gift it for Christmas because I loved Schott's miscellany, that was great, but I think the it's not really about the content in the German book, it's the layout and the text, the font choice for the German words, not, like, I don't know, I, I, I love, probably because I, I do I do love the German language, and I, I have quite some experience with it. But I don't know. I just didn't like it, so don't. I'll, I'll probably maybe I'll crinkle. <laughs> um. Yeah, I haven't been to see a movie for ages. I did go see a couple of bands. Did I tell you about Mono? They were amazing. Um. I went to see them. They were great. <laughs> and I went out to see something else as well. Oh no, no! I've got chick 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 coming up. Um, if I choose to go and unfortunately the clouds rescheduled the clouds and the falling joys were supposed to play last week and um, someone in the clouds got sick and uh, the concerts have been cancelled well not you know I'm really really I'm looking forward to it when it does happen but that week actually I was so exhausted I was kind of kind of grateful to just go oh oh, that's one thing I um okay (laughs) sorry I think that summarized my past week pretty thoroughly. Um, I uh, hope that you are heading towards this Christmas madness. Um, I was thinking of a design for a t-shirt which is, um, celebrate Christmas with rampant consumerism. It's what Jesus would have wanted. Um, and then like a picture of a really evil laughing Santa. I think that'd be funny. Maybe I'll make it into a Christmas card. But, uh, yeah. I always feel pretty conflicted about Christmas because, you know, it's so emotionally weighted and um, it does offend some of my sensibilities regarding the ethical treatment of the planet and other people and inequality and consumerism and blah, blah, blah. What a fun dinner guest I must be. So take care of yourself and without further ado, I will see you next Tuesday